First Person is produced in cooperation with the Far East Broadcasting Company, who rejoice in the stories of changed lives through the power of Jesus Christ. Learn more at febc.org. I'm on a passionate mission to change the way everyday Christians think and feel about sharing their faith across cultures. Because the nations are here, they're living among us, and it will take all of us kind of redirecting our thought pattern toward that effort. Sharing your faith with neighbors who may be from a different culture. Join us now on First Person as we talk with Karen Bajani, author of The Blue Cord. Welcome, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Before we meet our guest, you'll find our program notes and more at firstpersoninterview.com. There's a schedule of upcoming guests as well as a complete archive of all of our interviews you can listen to at any time. Once again, that's firstpersoninterview.com. And don't forget to download our free smartphone app called First Person Interview. Search for it in your app store. I also invite you to visit us on social media. Just go to facebook.com slash firstpersoninterview. Karen Bajani, the author of The Blue Cord, has an interesting story of her heart awakening to the spiritual needs of people who are different than she is. Now she has shared what she's learned and challenges other women, and men for that matter, to overcome our fear of sharing our faith in Christ with people of other cultures and ethnicities. As we began talking, I asked Karen to tell us where the title of her book originated. So the blue cord really comes out of a verse. It was inspired by a verse in the Old Testament in Numbers 1537. And so let me give you the backstory. So around this time, the Israelites, they were messing up yet again. And so God said to Moses, this is Karen paraphrasing here. Okay. But, um, tell those Israelites to make for themselves a tassel with a cord of blue, so that every time their eyes see it, they'll remember who I am and who they are in me and what I called them to do. And so the first time I read that passage a few years ago, all of a sudden, it was, it was to me, it was an obscure Old Testament verse, sure, but the yeah. blue and the word cord seemed to shimmer on the page. And <laughs> I know when that happened, that's the Holy Spirit nudging me to dive in deeper on it. <laughs> and so as I did, I began to to unpack this amazing commentary behind the Jewish roots to my Christian faith with the color blue and the symbol of this cord. And interestingly, right after that in the New Testament, I was reading in Matthew about the hemorrhaging woman who was pushing through the crowd of people to Mm -hmm. touch the hem of Jesus's robe. And I realized in looking at that commentary, oh my goodness, Jesus would have been wearing that robe with a tassel with a cord of blue. And I find it interesting how um, back in Moses' day, those Israelites, they were feeling defeated. They'd forgotten who God was and what he called them to do. And there are such interesting parallels for where we are in our world today. So while we're not under the law of the Old Testament today, we do have the blue cord power of the Holy Spirit running through us. And that is an incredible reminder to us when we're listening, that we serve a holy living God. Well, that is so good. I've never noticed that in reading the Old Testament before, the blue cord. And uh, I think the Holy Spirit's going to highlight that in my Bible now, too, now that you've brought that out. So good to hear. Well, before we talk about your ministry called the blue cord in your book, let's talk about you. Tell me your faith story. When did you come to Christ? You you define yourself as a farm girl turned corporate executive. So what what does that mean? 
Yeah, so I grew up on a farm in a very small town in the Midwest, back at a time when the U.S. was 93% Christian. Mm -hmm. And so that meant that all my friends were either Baptists or Methodists, and we all went to just really tiny, teeny tiny uh, farming community churches. Mm -hmm. And so growing up, Everybody I knew was Christian. We were all Christian. That was how we defined ourselves. The whole nation was Christian back then. And so I, when I left um, the farm and I went off to pursue my career, I um, pursued the American dream. And I raised my kids in the suburbs, and I never noticed how the Lord was bringing so many people of other uh, faiths and cultures all around us here in um, America. Mm -hmm. And it never dawned on me to share my faith. I would say that I was a good Christian girl, checking all the boxes, doing the Bible studies, doing the volunteer, um, working and growing my family. And then... um, I met my husband who took me on a trip to the Middle East. He was born and raised there. And while we were there, we were going to minister to a a woman who was a missionary among um, Muslims. And as we went, uh, we took a wrong turn and we ended it up in a city that we had no business being in. It was Uh one of those red zone cities. Uh And I had I have never experienced more fear in my life. Mm. I was having one of those meltdown panic moments. And fast forward, um, when we made it to her house, I call her Miriam. When we made it to Miriam's house, she took one look at me. I was a hot mess. And she hugged me and she said, welcome to God's house. Really? As the call to prayer went off right next to us, I, I started burst into tears fresh again. And she said, Karen, every time the mosque uh, call goes out, I just drop on my knees and pray. So we pray together. And as I was with her, I realized it was, it was as if Jesus was in the kitchen with us. And her faith was so strong. And, and I, I sat there and she handed me tissues and coffee. I kept wondering... Um, I thought she was a super Christian, but as I got to know her, I realized she was just like me. The only difference between the two of us is that she believed who God was, mm-hmm. and she was actively living out what he commanded us to do. She was being bold in her culture, huh? She was. She was a strong, courageous witness. And I thought, if she could do that here, where it's it's it could be a life-threatening situation— yeah. Why am I not doing this back in my hometown of the United States? And what I came to realize is that I I knew God, but I didn't know Him and have that personal relationship, um, deep, abiding, trusting relationship that she did. Mm. And that was really, she was a catalyst that was a game changer in my own journey. Okay, so what were those early days after that experience like for you? Were you out knocking on doors in the neighborhood? What what did you do? No, it was a progressive journey. So after that, I I have this saying now, shui shui, that's Arabic for little by little. (laughs) Little by little um, in community, my husband would take me by the hand into situations that continued to stretch me from my comfort zone into this place of discomfort so I could get to that joy zone where I was embracing the joy of sharing my faith with women of other faiths and cultures. So, so, so how did you encounter them? How, how did those contacts get made? 
Mm, that's a great question. So what I've learned is that I need to be intentional about my time because our life, can we can get sucked up into our calendars and not be intentional about sharing the hope of Jesus with people who are different from us. It's really easy to stick in our comfort zone and running in our same circles mm-hmm. within our church things like that. So first I needed to mark my calendar. So I I went out and went where people are with great intention. So some of the examples of just simple ways to do that, my favorite is to plug in with a local international student organization. A city where there are lots of um, universities around us and there are uh, young men and women from many faiths and cultures right here in our own backyard, and most are never invited into an American Christian's home while they live here. And so they are young and wholehearted, and the world is all before them, and so they, it's, it makes for some incredibly rich and um, rewarding spiritual conversations. Yeah. Well, of course, God uses all kinds of personalities, and perhaps you have the personality to really reach out that way. If someone's a little more reticent about it, uh, what advice do you have? So that is a really easy built-in way right there to tithe your time and plug in with that international student organization, because there are already built-in um, functions around those that make it for for really easy point of entry. Okay. And so that's like one of the easiest first ways to get involved. Now, of course, there are many refugees coming to yes, our country right, right now from all over the world, especially Afghanistan right now. Even in and smaller communities around America, they're they're settling there. All over and and um and so one of the greatest um, opportunities we have is to step outside ourselves and begin to tithe our time in engaging with these families. So so just um recent story. Um, an introvert I know um, in my city had an Afghani family move in right across the street from her temporarily. She called and she texted me in a panic that said, oh my gosh, what should I do? <laughs> and I said, go over and bring some banana bread, <laughs> some cranberry bread, something. Something delicious, yeah. <laughs> um, just like you would any new neighbor. And so she did that. And then the next thing you know, she struck up a relationship, and now they can hardly understand each other because they don't speak um, English, much English, and she doesn't speak, speak much of their language, but they do speak the language of love. And so she's been helping them um, make doctor appointments, teach them how to do things like use a microwave, uh, all those things um, that, the, that the natural um, spirit of love, Jesus within us, outpours to people naturally once we put ourselves in the situation to do so. We'll continue to get to know Karen Bajani, whose book is titled The Blue Cord, coming up on First Person. I'm Ed Cannon. The Far East Broadcasting Company partners with First Person because we celebrate the stories of people everywhere who have given their lives to Christ and serve Him. Our broadcasters in 50 countries of the world hear stories every day of people whose lives are transformed by the gospel and who have faithfully been taught God's word. In addition to First Person, I'm pleased that Wayne and I host a podcast, and we invite you to join us. Listen to Until All Have Heard at febc.org. That's febc.org. My guest is Karen Bajani, who is the author of The Blue Cord, It's a book and a podcast, and we'll put links to all of this, of course, in our program notes at firstpersoninterview.com. But check this out, The Blue Cord. 
This is quite a ministry. This is really a ministry of encouragement, isn't it? You want people to get out of their comfort zones and out into the world sharing Christ. That's that's the whole point of what you're trying to do, Karen. Absolutely. As I reflect back in my own journey, uh, when I was growing up and even more recently, none of my friends or um, churches that I knew were talking about engaging with people of other facing cultures who are living around us. Mm -hmm. And so in preparation for this book, I did focus groups all across North America to just unpack what are you, what are your thoughts and feelings about engaging with women of other facing cultures with the purpose of sharing your faith. And what I found was both a heartbreaking and, um, but also uh, hopeful because what I found was these women knew they should be sharing their faith. In fact, they want to fearlessly, boldly share their faith in spite of our current cancel culture and even across other cultures, and yet none of their friends are talking about this. Mm -hmm. And so the blue cord really is um, an opportunity for us to begin talking as a body of believers about this topic so that um, the women all shared, uh, I need to I need to get boldness within community to go do something like this. Yeah. And if my church isn't talking and my friends aren't doing it, I'm not going to do it. What is it in us that that tends to withdraw when we encounter someone who's different than we are? We, I mean, uh, I, I'm guilty as well. We we pull back. We don't engage the way that you're encouraging us to engage. But give us some en- more encouragement along these lines. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? We are wired in as human beings to naturally hold back from people who look different from us. And and that's our comfort zone, right? Yeah. And so that's when we need to recognize the resistance that's happening within us. That's step one. And then then put begin to put ourselves in situations where we are with people who are different. And it's in a moment like that what we discover that we are more alike than we could imagine. Mm-hmm. What are some of the common ground things that you found that are good entrees into someone's life? Let me share a story to illustrate that. So one of my first first times out, my husband and I got an invitation to go have lunch with an imam and his family. This was in a very tense part of the Middle East, and this translates here in, in the States as well. I was terror-stricken. I was thinking, I'm a small-town farm girl from the Midwest. What business do I have to go have lunch with an imam's wife? And my husband was giddy. So <laughs> I imagined Paris every step of the way, and as we got to the house, there were chicken pe- chickens pecking around outside, and I thought, all right, I'm just going to go in. And she opened the door, and you know what? She spoke perfect English. She had come to America and earned her MBA here. Oh, goodness. And as over tea and and biscuits, we talked about our children. We talked about our mother-in-law's recipes. And when she pulled out pictures from her wife or from her daughter's recent wedding, I knew that I had made a friend. Yeah. And, And that kind of experience can be done right in the neighborhood where we live. You don't have to be overseas. No, absolutely. Recently, I brought a, a, a over the holidays. We have several um, neighbors of other facing cultures in our neighborhood, and so I brought them over some cranberry bread um, over the holidays, and they chased us down in the walk around the park to say thank you so much for this bread. We've never had anything like this before, and that opened up a conversation. Like, well, let's go walk together. And and those open up conversations uh, like, I'm a follower of Jesus, mm. and here's what that means. 
Well, I know you're helping a lot of people, particularly women, to share their faith. Tell me more stories. In your podcast, you have lots of stories yeah. of, uh, of women who have uh, come alive in terms of sharing their faith with people who are perhaps not like they are. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell me some of those stories. So I have a fresh story. This has just happened within the last 24 hours. Oh, good. Okay. There is a woman named Amy. She lives in a large metropolitan city in the United States. Amy and her husband, she's a a mom, has an MBA, but a stay-at-home mom of young kids. And she moved across the country, landed in the city, um, into a suburb, um, and she hadn't yet met any of her neighbors. And in that moment, um, she was, she had just taken a Bible study about loving her neighbor. So she was out pushing the stroller around, um, her neighborhood praying, Lord, you know, help me learn how to love these neighbors. And as she was doing that out across the street from her, out popped this, um, Muslim mom with four kids piling into a van. And she see, she sensed the Lord saying, um, would you love her? And then she's like, yes, of course, Lord, I'll love her. And then, she kept on going and meeting more and more of her neighbors. They were all Muslim. She didn't realize they'd moved into a neighborhood like this. And so um, she said, okay, Lord, I see you're, send- you're-, you're sending me all the signs. I don't know a thing about Islam or women of other faiths like this. I don't even know where to begin. But she started small by um, knocking on the door and saying, hi, I'm your new neighbor, and my name is Amy. <laughs> and that um, really progressed into all of the sudden the lots of reciprocal invitations to other women's house for, um, for, for just tea. And the next thing you know, she said, I'm Karen, it was a surreal moment. I was sitting there with seven other women, and they were from Afghanistan, Tajikistan. They were from all over the world, Iraq. And and it was so humbling for me to sit there and realize, like, I was the first American Christian who'd ever been in their home. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you encounter the fear that I don't know what to say. I don't know how to answer their questions. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I have it within me to do yeah. this. And I think that's a lie from Satan because... Um, that's our own inner fears, and that's when we forget who God is and who, and that we have the power of the Holy Spirit within us, and He will give us the words. But with that, sometimes it's helpful, especially for introverts, to have a really simple acronym to know how to get started. And okay. mine is this acronym called FORM, F-O-R-M. The F stands for Friends and Family, O, Occupation, R, Recreation, and M is Me. So I can leap into and start a spiritual conversation with anyone knowing that acronym. So here's how it works. I might um, just met you. I just moved into the neighborhood, and I I might say, Hi, my name is Karen. I just recently moved here from Southern California because the Lord really compelled us. Um, Tell me about you. How long has your family lived here? That's an F question, Mm -hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now, you notice I started with, I moved here because the Lord compelled us. That's the little kind okay. of seed. You, you, you dropped a little idea there. Yep. Just yep. to identify myself as a follower of the Lord first, mm-hmm. I'll look for other opportunities later. It can continue. Tell me about the type of work you do, or um, tell me about one of your favorite subjects in school, and, and those open up conversations. Um, I like to always go first because that helps um, 
get the conversation yeah, rolling. And it breaks the ice, sure. Yeah. My name is Karen, and one of the greatest things that I do in my day-to-day work, I tell this to my Muslim neighbors, is um, that I'm an ambassador to Muslims. I, I, You know I'm a follower of Jesus, and I, God really put his love for Muslims in my heart, and that's what I do. It's off and rolling. So F-O-R-M, FORM, just your little acronym, just to give you that little extra encouragement and outline for how to have those conversations. Yeah. Do you have any advice for churches on how we ought to be reaching out in our communities more than just becoming a, a cloistered group of Christians? Yeah. It's one of the greatest opportunities of our day because the nations really live among us. And so I would encourage every church to really begin, start something like this Blue Cord um, book study for for women to raise people's awareness that the nations are living here and help people see themselves in God's story. I think that's one of the biggest things that came out of my focus groups is that the women really felt like missionaries and pastors are the ones that should go share their faith with people of other faiths and cultures, and it's not something that an everyday ordinary Christian would do. And this is the greatest opportunity for us today is that those women didn't see themselves in this story. So I would encourage um, pastors to find ways to to amplify um, God's heart for the nations that live among us and look for opportunities for people to be taken by the hand out into communities to share. Have you found that organizing small Bible studies uh, is effective? Do people of other faith, do they object to that? Is that okay? Is that a great strategy? No. You know, um, when the Holy Spirit is moving in someone's heart, that's a person of peace. And so when we offer up uh, to someone that God is wooing to himself and say, hey, um, you know I'm a follower of Jesus, and I know you're struggling with X, Y, Z right now. One of the great things um, for me that I've found in a situation like that is uh, there's some great words about that in the Bible. And right now, my church is studying um, you know, this particular thing. Would you like to join this Bible study with me? Um, you know, Wayne, my husband and I hear stories almost every week about new people of other faiths and cultures who plugged into a Bible study, and it's through that, that living word that they come to know who Jesus is. Well, your book has been published, The Blue Cord, and you have the podcast, as I mentioned. How can we pray for your ministry? I know you really have a heart to encourage people to get out there and share their faith, so how can we pray for you in The Blue Cord? Yeah, um, I'm on a passionate mission to change the way everyday Christians think and feel about sharing their faith across cultures, because the nations are here, they're living among us, and it will take all of us kind of redirecting our thought pattern uh, toward that effort, so that no one lives here in America, Canada, or around the world without having the opportunity to hear about Jesus. And so that's my prayer, that you would pray um, that God would expand and grow this movement. You'll learn more about Karen Bajani's book, The Blue Cord, when you visit our website, firstpersoninterview.com. A few moments ago, Karen mentioned her husband and his part in this story. Well, after finishing our conversation, I invited Renaud Bajani to join us next week and tell us his amazing story of growing up in the Middle East and how the Lord has moved in his life. So join us next time to hear Renaud's story. A special thank you to the Far East Broadcasting Company for supporting First Person 
These are strategic days for getting the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to as many people as possible, and FEBC is doing all it can to reach into the world's most difficult countries and cultures with that hope. Learn more at febc.org. Now, with my thanks to friend and producer Joe Carlson, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Join us next time for First Person.